Hey friends, thank you for joining us today on the Barrington Area Banter, a place to get to know the people and places of Barrington. We are recording at Gray Wolf Records, located in the Ice House Mall in downtown Barrington. We're produced by Anthony Lackis, and I am your host, Jennifer Fallett, a portrait and event photographer located in Barrington. With us today is Leslie Dernberger, Mama D to her families. Leslie is the founder and president of Aspire Educational Consultants, which was born out of her passion to empower and equip students and families to develop their gifts so that they can serve others and build a legacy. Welcome, Leslie. Hi, Jennifer. Thank you. It's nice to be here. Thank you. We're glad to have you. Glad to have you here today. I think that um, having you here to talk to um, parents and teachers and even teenagers in the Barrington area and all over is especially um, good timing because of this COVID climate and kids are now finally returning back to school. However, right. they're returning often in um, weird ways, right? Two hours, yeah. two days a week, alternating days, alternating weeks. Things are different everywhere. Right. And I think it adds a lot of pressure and stress to the moms, dads, the kids, the teachers, everyone. It's Absolutely. not easy for anyone. Absolutely. So um, why don't you tell us, um, if you would, we'll get into yeah. your background, but let's talk a little bit about what you're doing right now with your business. Oh, well, right now, um, we've been focused on really trying to support all of the different families, whether they've chosen to uh, homeschool, whether they've chosen hybrid, or their kids are in school. Like you said, it's been a, a very difficult uh, environment, right, to try to adjust to. So we've been uh, working everything from working with families independently and building out an entire homeschool year for them if they've chosen to do that. Uh, we I work with homeschool um, homeschool families, but I also work with uh, especially parents who are working and really need some strategies and how do they really administer, right, and oversee their child's schooling when they're at home and they've been at home and they can't go to school. Uh, so there's a lot of different things like that. Um, but the the largest need and what I've been doing is I, I launched a new program uh, for teens that has been one of the most rewarding things and in, in an area that I've worked in for about 30 years. I just love teens. And we this teen program really combines my love of leadership and critical thinking and mentorship. So the program uh, provides them with accountability, provides them with uh, mentorship and leadership and critical thinking at the same time as uh, I, I work on their life skills, right, in terms of being able also to connect with one another. So that has been one of the most rewarding programs that we've instituted uh, and that I believe will will most likely continue in the future because uh, I have uh, public school kids in the program as well as full-time homeschool kids. So it really can meet everyone's needs. And what do you call the program? Uh, we call the program um, the Aspire um, Academic Coaching Program. So AAC Team is what we call is what we call them. Okay, and yeah. if someone goes to your website, they can look that yeah, up. Yeah, absolutely. And they can look it up. They can schedule a call with me um, uh, because we prefer. I prefer to talk to the families one on one to make sure it's a good fit, right? Um, and so that they can ask me any questions. So they can just go to our website. And on the the first page, they can just schedule a call with me. It's free, and they get you know I, I that way I can also help them to to see if that's a fit or if they maybe can go a different direction. I try to help them in that call. And why don't you give us your website? Sure, it's uh, www.aspireeducationaltogether.us. Okay, thank you. 
So on your website, um, and I know that I've seen before that you do online seminars. I do. You had some series of different speakers too sometimes. I do. Yeah. Thank you for asking. That's actually exciting as well. We've just uh, reorganized our uh, summit. I did a a very large uh, summit in the fall called Raising Future Leaders and how to help your child uh, thrive in this new educational environment. And it is a wealth of information. 16 different speakers that I interviewed, over 16 hours of incredible information in the areas of leadership, parenting, uh, life skills, resilience, which is a huge topic that mm-hmm. maybe we can get into today because I know that is a is very important these days for all children and parents. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and that program, uh, so we call it the Raising Future Leaders uh, Summit. And you can actually, we're just going ahead and and putting it back out there for just a minimal cost because we just really want to get this information into people's hands. And it even includes, for those of you who know anything about leadership, he's one of my most inspiring uh, leaders that I have uh, followed for 30 years, um, John Maxwell. And it's pretty incredible to be able to, to, get, um, to get him and get that information out there from him and his knowledge and expertise. So the Raising Future Leaders Summit, you can also go to um, just www.raisingfutureleaderssummitaltogether.com and and purchase that for very, very low cost and just have all of that information as well as uh, a workbook that I put together, about 34 pages of just ways to take that information and actually apply it. I'm just trying to to do whatever I can to support families in this area. So my workbook isn't just about the speakers, but I actually put a whole lot of information in there and how you can take that information and apply it to your own families and gave you activities, um, as well as an incredible amount of speaker gifts, including free, oh gosh, there's one uh, speaker who gave a free membership to their website which is one of the websites it's called elefango i highly recommend it to all parents out there by the way um so it's just a a really great uh, opportunity i think to support all of the families right now well i think that's great i think we can all use all the the tips and advice that we can get and the resources sometimes you don't know that they're even out there exactly exactly yeah and then i do free webinars as well. So if you just want to get on our mailing list, we'll we'll let you know. I'm just trying to support everybody as, as, best, as best we can. That's great. I know that you yeah. live here in Barrington, mm-hmm. but your business, since it's online, do you have clients all over the country? Do you have- I do. I do. Yeah. Yeah. We have, we, I have clients all over the country uh, from my background, which we can talk about at some point too. I, even internationally, um, just because I, I led mission trips for many years. And so uh, and also, I started a worldwide online leadership team uh, many years ago. Again, my passion is leadership and really bringing that to teens. So yeah, so it kind of spans the globe, actually. That's very impressive. Uh, it's just fun. I love people. And I have to tell you, thank you for saying that. But for me, it's just, it's it's wonderful. And it's, it's so exciting to talk to. I just recently talked to a mom of four in Lima, Peru, and she's from Holland. And just hearing people's stories and understanding that and connecting with them. And, it, you know, that's what it's all about. So, yeah. Would yeah. you say that most of your clients are homeschool or public school, private schooled? Is it pretty even? I would say in general, it is 
I would say it's more skewed towards not necessarily homeschooled, but maybe considering homeschooling or trying to explore what it might mean or hybrid schooling. Things have shifted because of COVID, as, mm-hmm. as a matter of fact. So uh, prior to this, uh, my clients were for several years were homeschool families who that I would work with their teens directly, work with them. Uh, a lot of teens and then some elementary. But since COVID, it has really expanded. So I have the gamut. Yeah. And speaking of homeschool, I think people might be surprised to hear just how big a community, even in the Barrington area, homeschooling is. Isn't that true? People have their misconceptions. Yeah. They have their misconceptions about what homeschooling is. Absolutely. And it's not just a bunch of moms in denim, you know, jumpers, jumpers driving minivans. And the minivan part is true for a lot. Yes. But not me. I, I do. <laughs> I drive a Jeep. But all my, friends cool in, mom. all my friends are in their minivans. <laughs> and I got to tell you, when we're going somewhere on a field trip, we all pile into the minivans. Amen. I, I got to say, I love my Odyssey. <laughs> I am one of those. I do. I do. Because we road trip all the time. So That's funny. Yeah. But Jennifer, you're right. If you don't mind, those misconceptions that are out there, right, about homeschooling uh, really matter, I think, because what I find across the board and what really drives me is I never want parents to feel trapped. Okay. And that is, that is, if I had to come up with an encompassing feeling, right, when people come to me or just asking me for information, um, it, it's that, that sense of, okay, what do I do, right? What options do I really have? Is, is there something else I can be doing for my child? And, and as part of that discussion, really just understanding what homeschooling means or what it can be or what it looks like. And I just, like you, like, you know, right. We, it looks so different depending on the family and it can, it can be such a different um, experience based on your own family's values. For sure. I mean, you Mm -hmm. have people who are very eclectic and try everything. You have unschoolers, then you have your very strict, like classical um, consortium. You have Absolutely. you have all these different in the gamut. It, it runs from left to right, and people fall in between, and yeah. they often borrow from other philosophies. Right. Yeah, and I think um, I think also p- people who don't homeschool or aren't aren't aware that they know homeschoolers, mm-hmm. but they probably do and don't know they that they were homeschoolers. Yeah. Yeah. Is that you know it's not us versus you. It's not homeschoolers versus public schoolers. Right. It's not right. Homeschoolers aren't sitting around, you know, we're better than. Right. Yeah, and absolutely and I think not. that um people need to realize that you know, our children, right, are our future mm-hmm. and we mm-hmm. want all the children to grow up to be absolutely. good people, hardworking people, resilient people and you know, um positive influences in the world. Amen. And so mm-hmm. whatever route you take to get your kids there, whether you're choosing private, public, homeschool, a hybrid, Absolutely. it's all good as long as you're putting your your you know, you're you're working hard with your kids to get them where you want them to be. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Reach their potential. You're you're you hit it right on the head. Absolutely. And that's what we do at Aspire and that's what I aspire to. That's where the name came from is just to um, and empowerment is a is a big thing. I want to empower parents to really trust themselves and to really understand that they do know their child best. I think, unfortunately, the climate of our country and the way our education system has been put together, um, and I'll pause here and recommend a phenomenal book by a man named John Taylor Gatto, um, his uh, Underground History of American Education is outstanding, and it's incredibly... Uh, imp- impactful because it 
shares with you exactly how our education system came to be. And it's very enlightening for us. And as a result, I think our education system has become where our, where our children spend the bulk of their time. So therefore, you know, we're, we constantly get this message as parents. And my, my children were in public school when they were younger in elementary school before I did decide to homeschool. And I was very, very active. And what happens is, is I think there's this misconception um, or this feeling that parents get that they don't know their child best, that the teachers do, the schools do, the government does. And, and that couldn't be further from the truth. Agreed. And and I really, it breaks my heart when I will tell you nine times out of 10, when I say to a parent, are you happy to have your child back when I've been working with them? And they will often even start crying and say, yes. And that's, you just hit it on the head. I I wasn't seeing my child. And that could be that, you know, just the school they were in was wrong or just in general, public school was just not a good fit. You know, and there are statistics out there, Jennifer, that talk about the way our education system is designed actually meets the needs of about 20%. Now, depending on what you read and what article, what study, 20 to 25%, that's it. Mm -hmm. So so if your child is struggling, whether they're struggling in school, say pre-COVID, right? Everything's pre-COVID now or COVID. um, It it may not be, it's, it's not your your child, right? Your your child's great. Your child's fine. And simply because they're not in that 20 to 25% that our school system and the way it's designed, they're not in that perfect sweet spot of 20 to 25%. That doesn't mean they're not smart. That doesn't mean that they can't learn. That doesn't mean that they're, you know, that they're acting out has anything to do other than they might be frustrated, right? And so there's a lot that goes into, you know, deciding for your own family, right? What is best, right? you know? And and nobody can tell you that. You and, and your significant other are the ones that know your children the best, period. Absolutely. I want to say um, that because education is not one size fits all. Absolutely. And you have teachers. I know a lot of teachers who have decided to homeschool their own children. Correct. And they talk about the frustrations of Correct. seeing these children put on tracks Correct. that they cannot get off of. Yep. And the teacher's hands are often tied. And we're talking about really great people, great yeah. teachers, and they want to help and do Absolutely. more, but their hands are tied. Absolutely. And so it's not even, you know, no one is even saying that teachers aren't no. aren't doing something right. They're, Correct. If, if you have these boundaries and these limitations, and like you said, the curriculum, everything is designed for that 20, 25%. Yep. That's so frustrating. And There's very little leeway. Exactly. There's, you know, teachers are amazing. And I, I will tell you, I'll pause here, you know, having been a teacher myself for a long time, um, as we homeschooled, I then I shifted into actually teaching in local co-ops. But then I also then I started teaching online, and I taught online um, for over eight years and designed you know a lot of my own classes and so on and so forth. And throughout that, and teaching in camps and teaching all different kids, I had a level of freedom and and a level of creativity that I could bring to what I did, which made it fulfilling and absolutely amazing, because that is. It, it allowed me to be who I am, right? And that is what teachers are teachers for. They they are just as passionate, right, about their kids and 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 passionate about their families, but they don't have that same leeway and that same ability and that same creativity. And now you add COVID into it and these poor teachers who are trying to figure out online, in person, or both, heaven forbid. You know, personally, I know how difficult that is because it's very different to teach online and a lot of, especially in our education system, uh, 
a lot of what they do is classroom management. Mm-hmm. And and like you, I have a lot of friends who are who are who are public school teachers who homeschool their own children. And that's a big part of it because so much of what they end up having to do is classroom management as opposed to being able to really one-on-one with the kids. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I agree. And then also your other point about being the expert. I remember reading, um, I was reading a book, I think um, it might've been Dr. Sears. I think there's two Dr. Sears, but there was one who was talking about the parent, you you parent, you mom and dad, you are the expert of your child, of your baby. Yep. It's not something you're going to read in a book. He's like, even in my book, I'm telling you, you're the expert. And people forget that. Yep. You know, and it's great to get advice and tips and influence from other people who have reared children, but your child is unique. Yes. And you are the expert and you know how they yes. learn best and you know Yes. Just those words, how they learn best, because it's not what necessarily is going to be put in front of them. Absolutely. Right? I mean, you have hands-on learners, auditory learners, you have people who need to see what they're doing, read what they're doing, try what they're doing, and they learn differently. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, at Aspire and and my passion and why I decided to move into consulting and in, in away from the away from more of the the teaching the classes, which I still get to do in my teen program, which I love. And uh, actually, we're putting out some new classes. I'm about, um, you should be able to find at least my first one, If that if you are considering homeschool, you can actually get my course. And there will be a course online that you can find on our website as well. But my point being, when you when you think about, like you said, you're the expert. And the problem is a lot of times parents, and this was me included, right? This is a journey that I've gone through, and maybe you too, Jennifer, where you have to intentionally focus on some things, right? As parents, especially, I, you know, I'm a mom of four kids, and I had my four kids within four years. Life was insane when they were younger. So there wasn't a lot of intentionality at times, right? We're just reacting to whatever sure. life brings, right? And so um, what happens is, Uh, we try to bring, and I try to bring to the table some intentional focus on some of those things like you just mentioned, including, you know, learning styles and personalities matter. But here's the key. It's not just your child's personality that matters. It's your personality. And that's huge. And a lot of people forget that. So when I'm putting together programs for my clients and putting together what's best, and that could be, you know, a hybrid, like, or looking for online classes or looking for local tutors. You know, I have one of my clients uh, really needs a particular subject, right, in in person, period. And so that's part of what we do, right? And I will find them. And I I have a kind of an arsenal of tutors that I personally work with that uh, will bring that to the table. But it's all based on those kinds of factors where you being more intentional. And this is a great time to suggest too to families, um, if you uh, either get my class, but you can also go to our YouTube channel. And I've got a ton of my like my webinars and a, they're, we, they're broken down into 15 to 20 minute chunks, even though they all can kind of fit together. But I do a, I did a boot camp last summer to try to help people out in terms of just getting started and how to homeschool. And my approach is um, different, I think, than a lot of other people's approaches, and it kind of catches people off guard. But I think it's imperative that you start with your family values, and I call them the family five. And what what I encourage everyone to do is to first focus on on two key things. One is to sit down with your family and decide, if you haven't ever done this, 
come up with your family five values, your five core values that all of you agree on that are the foundation for you as a family. Because everything you do and every aspect, whether it's choosing a curriculum or deciding what your school route is or or anything when you make a decision, you will have that grounding and you'll give that grounding to your kids, right? And with, you even mentioned it early on, with all of the incredible whirlwind of ridiculous, um, just we don't even know which way to turn sometimes, right, with COVID. We, we just have such a sense of uh, stress and change and just constant rapid change that this provides a a basis, a foundation for your children and always to come back to, right? And so it also informs all of your decisions. And then the second thing I would highly recommend that people do, and this could be just uh, the couple, you know, as a as a as parents, is that you sit down and actually define what is a good education. Again, it's that intentionality. So many people, when I ask that question, I'll say, well, what does a good education mean to you? And we all go, oh, that's a really good question, right? We all say, hey, I want my kid to have a good education. Okay, well, that I agree. But what does that mean for your family? And what does that mean for my family? And what does that mean for this family? And everyone should go through that exercise, those two foundational aspects and those two foundational exercises really help to clarify and and will help people to understand, oh, okay, maybe maybe I do want to call Mama D and get a little bit more information about this, or maybe I do want to watch these videos, or maybe, oh, wow, that really clarified it for me. And I think this is the direction we need to go. But it it really is is very helpful. Well, I think that's great information. Those are great suggestions. Um, I'm definitely going to be sharing this with all the homeschoolers I know because I think they're going to get a lot of information out of it. Oh, good. But even, even public schoolers, like you Every, said. Everybody, yeah. yeah. Those are great for yeah. any family to have because regardless of what you decide of how you want to educate your children, you, those are important values. Absolutely. they're helpful. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that um, people also, the, the misnomers, people having these um, ideas that they don't realize too that as a homeschool mom, or homeschool, even a homeschool dad, you're really a coordinator of their education. It's not just you sitting at home with your child and their books and you're going through them and you're doing school at home. It's not. Now, for some people, it might be, and that's okay, right? It's not right or wrong. Absolutely. But I I know for my own family, I'm the coordinator. And Mm -hmm. I I can't speak Spanish. I take my son to a Spanish class. Absolutely. You know, we were in a co-op for several years Mm -hmm. where he took different classes, chemistry, biology, different things. And even right now, he has a math tutor. Because yeah. I'm, he's not, he's at, at a math level that's a little slightly above my um, comfort level in teaching. Absolutely, you know, and it's important that you know that they're out there. Yes, you know, and even yes. in Barrington, um, there's a group called the Barrington Area Homeschoolers. Yeah, and I'm they, part if, of it for a very long yeah, time. Yeah, and if you join that yeah. group, even a lot of the the women in there are former teachers, and yes. they put out classes. And yes. there's so many co-ops in the area. Absolutely, and a lot of those co-ops have teachers uh, qualified Absolutely. people often say i'm not qualified so i'm using the word qualified there's qualified teachers who offer classes so if you're a person who doubts your own qualifications to teach your child Amen. and you want to yep. homeschool you can totally find you can those resources you got it yeah you hit it right on the head jennifer and that that is part of what is so important to understand about homeschooling uh like you said is that you are as the parent who knows what's best for your child you are finding what 
matters and what is going to be most effective for your child. And, you know, as a mom of four, that was different for all four of my kids, right? Mm -hmm. So just because one one or two of my children, online classes were like, the cat's meow, they were in heaven. Well, I have another child who said, oh, gosh, no, I, I can't learn this way. It absolutely, it, it doesn't work for me, right? So it, you're exactly right. You can find so many different resources. And that's part of what we try to do at Aspire, too. And you can uh, go to our website and see there's some external resources. And we're about to update that with pretty much thousands of resources. We're about to put that PDF up, too, where you can... Uh, do that search yourself. There's so much information and they're wonderful people. But I just want to throw out there too, um, there's a lot of Facebook groups too Mm -hmm. and a lot of information out there. And I try to go in and strategically, you know, answer if I feel that I can help and I might answer some information. But I will tell you another, another thing is it gets very overwhelming and there's a lot of misconception out there uh, about homeschooling and especially homeschooling in Illinois, that I think a lot of that is getting fixed, right? Um, mm-hmm. And understanding about homeschooling in Illinois, both the legal aspect and also just the practical side of it, right? Because COVID has has taken away a lot of those in-person things. But what people also don't realize is that in the homeschool world, they've actually stayed in place in a lot of ways. So you you actually do have more options even in the homeschool world to coordinate, like you said. And just knowing what resources are out there and available to you helps to cut through all that time because there is a lot of information and sometimes some misinformation out there. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. And I think another, um, usually people will say to me, oh, I don't have patience for that. I couldn't do it. And I feel that we often don't know what we really can do until we have to do it yep. or we try. Yep. You can talk yourself out of anything, right? We can. That's so true. That's so true. And I want to encourage a lot of moms. I work with a lot of moms as as well as teens and the kids directly. And I want to encourage the moms that, uh, as Jennifer was saying too, you don't have to be the teacher of all of the subjects. But what is very encouraging is you can now decide what information is reaching your child and how. Right now, whether you are whether you are excited about what is being taught in the schools or not, or maybe some subjects yes and some subjects no, or maybe it's more of uh, I have a lot of clients who are gifted or what we call twice exceptional, for example, and uh, I I tend to end up working with a lot of families in that category, um, and I'm very familiar with it. And so what will happen is. You not only it may be a topical issue that you have, but it also may just be a an asynchronous situation between their intelligence and their emotional development. Mm-hmm. Right? You have a lot of that going on, yeah, and I hear that often. That with the the aspect that there are a lot of gifted and twice exceptional kids out there, there what you're going to find is there's this asynchronous development, right? And so our schools are not equipped to handle that well. And unfortunately, one of the practical aspects of COVID, right, has been um, a heavy financial burden, right, on the school districts and, a, and in a lot of districts and trying to meet the needs of the students who have special needs. And that that often can be gifted students, right? So that's another thing that's coming to me quite a bit. And I work with one of the top uh, special needs consultants in the state, too, where 
uh, parents are noticing that their their child's just not able to get what they need right through the public school system, whether it be it doesn't quite meet the criteria for what their child needs, or there just isn't enough to go around. And so, uh, my point being that whether it's you know a content issue or a asynchronous development issue where needs are just not being met, there are ways that you can homeschool but still participate in your school districts uh programs and classes that right. happens all the time so when we're sports, talking for one sports thing. and i can yeah absolutely and in illinois i know this is a barrington area thing so i can speak very very well to all of the area you know area schools here if we want to get into any specifics but just in general illinois is one of the best states to homeschool in in the country. It is phenomenal in terms of flexibility, but it also comes down to each individual school district. They make a lot of those choices and decisions themselves. But I do want to encourage parents that that you you pay your taxes, right? That's another misconception. Oh, mm-hmm. no, we pay our taxes to the schools, and then we just don't use it. This isn't a, right? We get to pay for classes, and we get to pay our taxes, right. um, which I know is a misconception at times. But the point being, you absolutely can work with your school district, work with your schools uh, to really try to figure out a program that will suit your child, right? And there are ways to do that. And there are definitely advocates out there uh, who will uh, can even walk alongside you if if that is necessary? That's great to know. And then um, another misconception is college. Oh yes. Oh, I want my child to go to college. How do you do that with homeschool? They can't go. They this. And I remember. Oh, I can't talking, wait to talk to this one. <laughs> talking to some people about the statistics about um, SAT scores and yeah. college acceptance and how they yep. scout. I'll, you're the expert. I know what I've read, but you are much more well versed. So teach. Oh, well, no, preach. absolutely. Yeah, yeah, preach. That's definitely, definitely something I end up doing just because I am so passionate about this topic because it was when I, uh, let me back up here. Um, when I decided to homeschool, I was panicked. Let me, let me start there, right? And, and dispel any of this. A lot of people, when they hear me speak or they meet me, they're like, oh, wow, like you must have always wanted to homeschool and you were just meant for this. Oh my gosh, can I just dispel that right now? I mean, I was... I, I'm a lawyer uh, by trade, and I like went all the way through school, right? And I had no concept. I didn't grow my own food. I didn't make my own clothes. I, you know, I had all those misconceptions that everybody has about homeschooling, right? And and that was never a thought in my brain at all. And I was very involved in in our my kids' elementary school. I was VP of legislation for the PTA. I was in school, you know, all the time. I was really all in. And and I wanna I want to say that when I decided and and came to that decision that we were gonna homeschool, I was panicked. Like th- this wasn't an easy decision. And one of the things that panicked me the most was just what you said. Like, okay, I want my kids to go to college. Like, what is that gonna look like? And I finally just decided this is what my kids need right now. And I want to encourage parents with that. It, we are in a wonderful place where you can go in and out. You really can. Mm-hmm. You you absolutely can go in and out based on what your child needs. Now, having said that, we always told our children, let's revisit this conversation when it comes to high school, right? We're not going to dictate at that point. We're not going to dictate to you, you have to homeschool high school. Let's have a conversation about it. And uh, we definitely uh, could see some of our children uh, thriving in school. 
um, in our district and having a wonderful experience. And But we left it to them. And all four of our children chose to homeschool. And I think part of that reason, when you talk about college, they started to see because of the work I was doing and working with other teens and at that point, uh, even working around the world, that colleges actually were seeking out homeschoolers at that time. They, all of the top Ivies, some of them had separate homeschool offices. So this is back a good, maybe 10 years ago. They even had offices. They were start the first to start offices for just homeschool students because they were realizing they couldn't compare. It was like apples and oranges. And here's the key. What they were noticing and what they were seeing is that homeschoolers were so successful when they got to college. And when I say successful, I don't just mean grades. I mean in life. One of the things that you'll notice, um, all of you parents out there who've been to any of these college presentations, the key thing they talk about is helping your child to adjust, helping your child with all the life skills that they haven't had an opportunity to really learn because they've been in school and their time is completely scheduled when you're in public school. That was my story. I went to William & Mary for undergrad and, you know, I did all, checked all my boxes, went to a great school and I got there and I was like, oh my gosh, I have no idea how to budget my time. I have no idea what to do with myself. This is crazy. And and I really had a, a lot to adjust to. Homeschoolers do so well in college because not only have they already figured out how to budget their time because their time in high school is already like a college a college schedule. They have class maybe once, twice a week. Now, sometimes they might have a math class that's maybe four times a week. It just depends on what you've done with your child. But often my kids had one, one and a half hour class a week, and then they had assignments that they had to figure out and get done the rest of the week before their next class. And so skills like that are what make you successful in college and that confidence that you have. There, there's no, There's no doubt about it. You know, when uh, when my one uh, one of my stories is my son got to um, got to college and he was in the honors college and he actually lived on the honors floor and all of his friends kept coming to him with things like, Jackson, you know how to do laundry, right? Somebody said, you know how to do laundry. Jackson's <laughs> like, yeah, it's not hard, dude, you know, yeah. and, and and, you know, and then another friend would come and be like, OK, I have no idea what to do with myself. Like, I have all this work and I don't know how to do it. And he's like, well, all right, let's look at your schedule. He's like. Okay, do this here, do that there, when's that due? And he literally was floored at these brilliant kids who are in the honors college who, you know, had straight A's and ACT and SAT scores out the, you know, way high, but they really were trying, had a hard time adjusting. And uh, I will tell you, there are success stories after success stories, and I'll give your listeners a, a quick, a quick, uh, kind of preview here, but we've got another series and summit coming up and that I'm super excited about. And what I just want to share with all the parents who are panicked about that, that is the least of your worries. As a matter of fact, uh, my four kids now thank me, my four young adults, and are, and say thank you so much because I'm so well prepared. And uh, yeah, so it, it really, I, I totally understand the fear, but I'm, we're talking Ivy Leagues, all different levels. It absolutely does not impair them. As a matter of fact, I think it actually uh, provides an additional an additional boost on your application. Yeah, I've read that for a lot of reasons. Um, 
and often because a lot of kids that could get to college, if they've been homeschooled, some of them already have associate's degree. Yes. Because you can do yep, that in Illinois absolutely. while you're Oh, in you college, can do that right? in a lot of states, but yeah. yeah I think um, there's 12. Isn't there like 12 states? Uh, I don't yeah, well, we could argue that, yeah. but yes, around okay. that many. Yeah, yeah. Florida, we'll see what will happen is you can, let me let me um, throw out something real quick there. When you get your associate's degree here in Illinois, since we're a local podcast here, you need to make sure that your associate's degree uh, is issued prior to your graduation date for high school. Because here's the key to that, and this is really important, is that you want to make sure that your child will still be eligible for all of the freshman scholarships mm. and still be seen as a freshman coming into a four-year university. If you if you do not do that, your child now will be considered a transfer student. So I, I really want to throw okay. that out there to your listeners. This is all part of um, my homeschooling yeah, high I didn't school know that. That's webinar. Great, great information. Yeah, very important to understand. And uh, yeah, actually, a, a close friend of ours did that at Harper. She And she did some classes. Here's a perfect example. Uh, she's thriving at UVA right now. She did classes at, at Barrington High School, and she also got her associates at Harper uh, based on also her AP scores. That's what she did. So she took some APs. You, By the way, that's a misconception as well. You can take AP classes uh, online. And as a homeschooler, you, you don't have to go to the high school for that. They are very readily available um, from some top quality. And I do know some of the programs, the quality programs. You can also... Uh, there are some programs out there that that I'm aware of that I work with and I know are quality that you can actually uh, take dual enrollment classes. So it doesn't even have to be with your with the universities here with Harper or if you're COD or whatever CLC. Uh, you can actually take online classes from four year universities, um, and that will will add into your transcript oh. that will transfer. <clears throat> Judson Judson is a local mm -hmm. one that you can do that with as well and they have a certain standard. So yeah, there there are so many ways that you you can give your child an incredible head start. And we all know, you know, not everyone can afford, you know, a $65,000 a year, you know, university for their child. And even if you can, why why do you necessarily want to right. <laughs> your, if you can knock out, you know, a year or two in high school, it's incredible. You know, two of my kids chose to go that route and ended up with more than a semester's worth of uh, of credits when they hit when they hit school, and it's really helped them out. Yeah, I think that's great. I think the opportunities are huge, and people just don't know that they're out there. Absolutely, and, absolutely. Yeah, and I think um, even if you're choosing to public school, like you said, you can put them in and out, and you can make those decisions based on where they're they're at and where you're at. You got it. And right. a lot of public schools, um, like we know because of COVID, are looking different now too. And I don't think it's ever necessarily going to go back to the same because we've learned a lot, right? Yeah. Whether or not that's students actually learn better this way or that way, or we, we've just learned a lot. And so the the options, I think, are always going to be there, whether, whether you're in public school, as you said, private school, you know, or you want to um, do a homeschool uh, a homeschool transcript, which is something else that that we do. As a matter of fact, I've had uh, numerous schools, including top schools, the counselors even contact me and say, we have never seen a, a transcript that looks this good. So we try to provide that for for the families as well. That's great. So there's a lot of services that you offer that I didn't even know you offered. <laughs> no, I'm happy to hear that. And yeah. Um, yeah. when I was looking 
at your information um, that you do a lot with critical thinking and trying to encourage uh, children to become leaders and resilient. And I feel like that's right up my son's alley. I mean, he's very much likes to be a leader. He doesn't want to be told everything what to do. And I don't just mean like by a parent, but he likes to teach. He likes to lead. He was Love it. leading um, like little classes and workshops when he was in a co-op when he was, you know, seven, eight years old. And he's never regressed. He he loves that kind of thing. So I think that would be. I love to hear that, Jennifer. And I just love, I know you as a mom, the little bit we've got to know each other, the fact that you encourage that and you see that in your son. And a lot of that parents comes from the fact that I feel it was a privilege and an honor to to spend that amount of time with my children. And my children really know me as well. And I really know them. And uh, we joke about it now, you know, like, oh, that's a bad thing, you know. <laughs> but it really is, uh, it's such a, such a wonderful, wonderful aspect, right, of, of this. And the fact that you recognize that in your son and can foster that. Um, but yes, we, that is, that's my passion underlying everything is bringing those leadership and critical thinking skills, because just the way our school systems designed, it was actually something that frustrated me when I was back when I was in school, um, is that it, it's not designed. And, and this is just a fact. This is just a practical fact. Our system is not designed to produce leaders. It was designed by the industrial age, uh, you know, barons. And, and, and you know this. And, you know, for those people out there who don't, right, this is an important aspect to understand. It literally was designed to produce workers. Worker we needed bees, workers right. in our factories. Right. We did not want leaders. We did not want people thinking for themselves. We did not want people questioning. Right. And, and unfortunately, we haven't been able to transition out of that. And we haven't been able to, to really encourage and develop that leadership and critical thinking. Now, there are definitely programs out there and, and different schools out there that have now started to focus on that. Maybe it's a charter school, which to, to discourage, uh, dissuade, I guess, that uh, misconception as well is it is a public school, a charter school is linked right? But they can kind of focus and do a little more focus. So there is there is that out there, but that's few and far between in our general system. So yeah, I'm, I'm extremely passionate about leadership, which is why, you know, the summit that we did is is about education. But I want to convey that to all the families that are listening. This is, I don't want this to just be a homeschool thing. This is a bringing families closer together when it really comes down to it what we're about at aspire is empowering families and empowering that yeah i was actually just going to say that people who have their kids in public school and the kids are doing great and fantastic that's wonderful but yeah. they can also use some of your programs to help yes. encourage leadership skills with their children absolutely and as a matter of fact we're going to launch um we've kind of had a a we've noticed a need that's out there so i'm going to resurrect actually like my weekly teen uh, program and I'm going to do it in the evenings, uh, starting in the fall, uh, for for the team, like the worldwide leadership team, and just to provide that connection and and also encouragement. You know, I do things, we do training and um, interview skills and entrepreneurship and uh, oh my goodness, uh, in, internships and encouragement and really uh, helping them to understand that leadership starts with yourself and really knowing yourself being able to lead yourself before you can lead others and understanding what those principles are and what that really means. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. 
I feel like I could sit here <clears throat> and listen to you talk all day and like just teach me and help me to be a better homeschooling parent. Oh, I feel the same. That's a great conversation. Nah, well, I, you know, it was always in our plan to homeschool. So we had prepared for it. But even though you think you're prepared, sometimes things don't, things don't always happen the way we, we expect, right? right? And yeah. um, I found, you know, there's things that I like, that things that I hate. I mean, there's just different, you know, curriculums yeah. that I, I buy and don't like, change my mind. And right. I don't know, but life in general is a journey. It is. And homeschooling is a journey and public school is. is a journey. However you educate yeah. your children. Yeah, absolutely. It is. There's yeah, so that's a great point. So you were talking about your background, and we'll get to that now. It's quite extensive. I didn't want to lead with that because I thought we could sit here for three days and talk oh. about <laughs> everything you did. Oh. But you mentioned you were a lawyer. So why don't you tell us about your history? Uh, oh, gosh. Okay. So uh, where do you want me to start? Where do you go back to? So, Well, um, your first career. Okay. I mean, how did you, you yeah. became... Well, I will start. I guess I'll start. I'll go way back. I actually, um, I, I say I grew up on Capitol Hill, actually, because I'm, I'm from the D.C. area. Um, and I think that really ignited my passion and my exposure. Uh, I was really, really lucky to be exposed to, I Senate hearings at five years old, I would beg my dad to go to the Senate hearings with him because he was a uh, staff director for the subcommittee. Um, and federal spending for the Senate Budget Committee. And so I grew up with an amazing man, I will say. Um, he, Senator Childs, uh, Lawton Childs from Florida. Uh, he then became the governor of Florida. Um, and so a lot of people might know because he actually passed away during his second uh, second um, uh, stint in office, um, sadly. Um, but he was an amazing man, and I was really lucky um, to have that environment. And I got to watch and be around incredible leaders and incredible men and women who uh, were very inspirational to me and to really be in that environment. And so it developed a, a strong passion for government and consti the Constitution. So that is another passion of mine is the Constitution and really encouraging people to understand what they have their hands on. Um, but then uh, I had heard from a young age, obviously, um, I, I don't shy away from talking. I, I do love to talk. And uh, <laughs> I do I do love to engage in like a debate and a healthy discourse, which is something that's missing in our society today. For sure. And I, I really loved it because it was a very healthy discourse. You could agree to disagree. And I grew up watching that. I grew up watching these big, quote unquote, arguments among these men that I respected, and yet they walked away and, you know, went and had a drink together and had dinner and and knew each other's families and we would go to Super Bowl parties together. You know, it so there was a different a different sense that I think really informed my passion in leadership and in critical thinking, but then also in uh, helping people. And so the route I went, i um I did go to law school. I went to WashU and became a litigator. And I was a local prosecutor. That is how I was introduced to the Chicago area. Um, it was really a wonderful job. Uh, I was a local prosecutor for Elmwood Park and for Rosemont and for uh, Brookfield and Glendale Heights. And boy, was that an education into Chicago land. And I loved it. And it was wonderful. And then I went on from there to do some federal litigation uh, around the country. I had some larger clients. When you moved to Illinois and mm -hmm. were working in those suburbs, where were you living? Uh, we actually we actually lived, when we first got here, we lived in Wheeling, uh, and then we were checking out the area. So we found an apartment there because my husband's job was in Buffalo Grove. 
And I, I was studying for the bar. So I was like, oh, not sure where I'm going to work. And so we we were there. And then we came. We've been here ever since. Uh, okay. Two years later, we were, we've been here. So my kids, this is all they've known. Gotcha. Yeah, I was asking because um, I'm, you know, I'm a Barrington transplant yeah. in 97 when I moved here. Yeah. But before yeah. that, I lived in Schiller Park, Franklin Park, and in, oh, in the yeah. city, Elmwood yeah. Park. Elmwood Park, So yeah. like yeah. Rosemont, we'd go there. So oh, when I, I hear it. people talking about those yeah. towns, I'm always like yeah. right away wondering, oh, yeah. what's your connection? Yeah, I worked I worked for um, Storino, Romello, and Durkin, uh, and they are in the Rose Building. So it was kind of fun, you know, and... Uh, like I said, it was quite the education into to, to Chicago land, right? To really understand, and and I am not like I'm a transplant as well. And my kids are all born and raised here, though. So as my husband was, yeah. there you go, yeah. Chicagoans, definitely so Barrington. When, when you moved, when you moved out here and were working in Rosemont, did they already yeah. have the rose on the water tower? They they did. Oh, they did. I remember as a it kid. It was nine. Wait, when was it? It was we came out here in ninety. I started working at Rosemont in 94. Okay, it was definitely done then. It was done, yeah. Because my father passed away in 91, and I remember him taking my sister and I driving over there to watch the people paint it. There you go. Yeah. I remember yeah. that. Yeah. Okay. That's so fun. <laughs> I love it. fun. So then, um, keep going. So you were yeah. an attorney, and then... I was. I, I was a litigator. Uh, I, I loved it, but it was very... Uh, my cases were rather large after I stopped local prosecuting here and doing and working for the firm. Um so I uh, then uh, knew when I had children that I, I wanted to to stay home with my kids. So I, I just kind of hung out my own shingle and, and did some work for a while. I also taught paralegal courses for Roosevelt um, through someone who, who asked me to do that. And uh, that was wonderful. Uh, but then uh, I was blessed with four kids in four years. So... <laughs> I definitely became slept. a full-time mom, right? Exactly. Oh, I know goodness. it was crazy. Uh, yeah, so I became a, a full-time mom. And and uh, yeah, the transition was was tough in some ways and then very easy in other ways. I just, I loved it. I, I love it. I would never, I would never trade it for the world. And, uh, and then, um, yeah, and then the surprise of, wow, something needs to change. Uh, with the education and and my kids and seeing what was going on in the schools and uh, my kids were not in that fit. They needed more. They needed more challenge. They needed more. Um, I also said to myself as a mom, you know, my eight year old son is in school from eight to three thirty, and away from me more than he's with me. Mm -hmm. And that just wasn't kind of sitting well with me. And I felt like I had to reprogram my kids every weekend. Um. You know, we talk about socialization. That's another huge misconception. Oh, yeah, that was actually on my mind when I was planning right? for this. But, but, you know, my response is, I don't want my child to be socialized. I that want to way. be sociable. Sociable, right? yes. And here's what I say to people is, I said, okay, well, here's what was happening with socialization when my kids were in school. They were being taught how to behave by other first graders and other mm -hmm. second graders. Whereas, your peers are all from the, your stamp, your date of birth. Exactly, exactly. And then... But what I think I want to, con I know what I want to convey to everyone out there is the incredible socialization that my kids have as a result of being homeschooled. I will tell you, people are amazed often, right, when they have those misconceptions that my kids were homeschooled. I mean, they meet my kids and they're like, holy cow, you know, because they are sociable, because they are uh, confident in their social you know, social world because 
starting at a very young age, my children could walk up to you as an adult and carry on a conversation and look you in the eye because they're used to dealing with that, right? They've had that exposure. When we go to co-op, there are are adults, there are kids, there are babies, there are teenagers. And and so their socialization is the world, right? And they they have a confidence in that. Um, I mean, this is a little bit of a braggy story here, but it really highlights that aspect. So my daughter um, is, uh, I'm very excited for her. She looks like hopefully she'll graduate summa cum laude um, this May. And she's worked very hard for that. My daughter was extremely shy, extremely introverted. And yet when she went for an interview her sophomore year, she's a graphic designer, and she works for Morningstar Financial as an intern. And she decided to apply for this internship, even though they've never before given this very coveted internship to anyone uh, younger than a junior. She decided to go for it, and she was hired and got the job, and I was very proud of her. But here's the key that I want to share with parents out there and what I want to convey. And Jennifer, I know this is going to resonate with you. When they hired her, they said, you know, Caitlin, the, you know, the reason we hired you was not just because of your technical skills. Obviously, that is is there, we we wouldn't have hired you. But the the what made you stand out above everyone else was your communication skills, your organizational skills, and your obvious love of learning. And as a mom, oh my gosh, because you know, Jennifer, the hardest part about being a homeschool mom, I think, is looking myself in the mirror and knowing I can't be like, oh, it's that teacher or that school or that, right? And and to get that that kind of feedback mm-hmm. from and for her to get that kind of feedback was just phenomenal, right? And that is the kind of socialization and what the kind of what socialization can do when you homeschool, right? Because it allows you to teach your children in the moment when you're when you're around, you know, adults. Or teenagers, or leave a situation and say, you know what, that kind of wasn't the right way to handle that. How do you think we, you know, that person or this person or you could have handled that differently, right? You're able to do those teaching moments, which God bless teachers. How are they supposed to do that when they're standing on a playground of four, you know, four hundred right. children? That's just not an option, as much as they would want to, right? Yeah, and and it's wonderful. Yeah, I agree. I do think also um, a benefit of that, like you said you can teach them and you have them with you and they're in situations they wouldn't be if they were in a room with four walls five days a week. Right. And then they were there all day. Right. When they're with you, they're right. running errands, they're going to the store, they're yes. going wherever, you exactly. know, and a lot of in, in these field trips. Living life. Right. They're yeah. out there doing things and they're learning yes. the life skills that they wouldn't have, whether they see you um, yeah. talking to your mechanic or talking to a doctor or a dentist and asking questions and learning, right? You're going to Great a, point. a farmer's market, whatever it is you're doing. You know, yes. and you can t- you can teach them. They can learn, and and j- they just get it right. You just said it perfectly. They're getting it by watching you, right? Yeah, for sure. And I say for sure a lot, like I'm from the California or something. I don't know. Um, <laughs> we <laughs> whenever, get like. whenever, whenever I say it, I say to myself, <laughs> "Why do I say that?" But um, it just it's nice that you can teach them with a real world experience, not always something set up, not something fake. You know, yeah. it, they they have it and. They can learn from it and they can learn your mistakes and you can talk things over. And it's not just this small quantity of time. Absolutely. Because you have them you know, seven days a week. I and mean, you take them places, they might have, you know, karate or classes or this and that. But basically, they're with you and they see you interacting with people all the time. Yes, 
Exactly. Exactly. It's wonderful. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know if, I think we finished my journey um, that we talked about because then I did the federal and then I had my kids and, um, and the rest is history because, you know, like I said, we were in the school system. But um, when I took uh, my kids out of school back then, um, it was quite shocking to a lot of people. And I want to encourage parents that um, now is a wonderful time. Uh, I think because of COVID, it has allowed people to open up their minds to different options. So there might not be that same um, stigma. Stigma, exactly. And and even lash, I don't know what you want to call it, but kickback or whatever, yeah, you fallout. know, the yeah. fallout that that can that can come with, you know, making a decision that is against the norm. Yeah, I often hear um, people will say, I want to homeschool and my hu uh, the husband's either with him or he's on the fence. But usually it's my mother-in-law or my my uncle and my sister. Oh, the someone, my do mother. Not let that. There's always oh, family members who absolutely. who have all these reasons, and they'll tell you all these stories of you know I can't. I, why would you want to do that? Because he's not mm -hmm. going to get education, and yeah. you're not going to teach him. And yeah. the thing is, it's just they just don't know. Trust yourself. Yeah, it's trust yourself. Jennifer, you're right. I agree. Yeah, and it's absolutely. not always easy by any means. No, you know. No. But I, I feel um, I feel that it's not easy, yeah. but it's always worth it. And Absolutely. for some families, you know, we know that their kids will excel in public school. Some go to private. Yes. There are some families that have kids that are homeschooled and some kids are in public school Absolutely. or private school. Absolutely. We never, we we always knew our four children are individuals, right? And here's a, here's a perfect example. One of my sons in junior high came to me and said, mom, I want to go to high school. And I said, okay, well, in our house, you need to know why. Why is mama D's and mom's favorite question? Okay, why? All right. I want you to think through it, but thank you for telling me. Let's see what we need to do, right, to get you in and what tests we need to do or what hoops we have to jump through. And we did all of that. Um, he, uh, we even put it pretty, he was kind of advanced for math, but we wanted to just give him some, you know, uh, good grounding. So we put him in a summer school math class um, to kind of give him a refresher in Algebra 2 before he went in his freshman year. He scored, uh, in the top 50 kids out of almost 900. Wow. So he got all of his, what he needed, right? Because I was worried. I'm like, okay, you're going to be bored out of your skull if you don't hit these. Those were the first standardized tests my child ever takes. So that ever took, ever in his life. Um, and he took that explore test and then took the critical thinking test and so on and so forth. So he, we hit all the boxes that we knew he needed. Plus he was playing football and he loved it. He's an athlete and absolutely loved it. Great, did great, got all the starting positions on his team. We thought, okay, here we we go he's gonna you know he's set he was there for three days and then refused to go back <laughs> oh, wow. because he had to decide for himself <clears throat> so that is the point i'm trying to make is every child's different and they're going to if you allow it if you allow your child and once you get to know your child we knew our son we knew him and we knew if we just said no we don't think it's good for you or yes you have to either way he was gonna kick back and be like oh yeah you know, and we knew he had to figure this out for himself. We knew, and it was hard, let me tell you, because as a mom, I knew that probably wasn't the best route for him. Mm -hmm. But he, I also knew that for his own development, I had to let him, and it wasn't even a failure, right? But I had to let him explore and figure that out for himself. And that is a very tough thing to do as a parent, 
That is one of the hardest things to do. But when you know your child and you are focused on those family values and your own family and know to your core who you are as a family, what a good education means to you, who your child is, you can have a lot more confidence, right, in your decisions as a parent. Even if it's scary as all get out, which it is so many times, um, you can, you're a team and you can work together and and solve the problem, you know. And and I think it was wonderful because our son knew, okay, if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. And we we pushed him. We pushed him to stay. He had to give us reasons as to why there mm-hmm. was this wasn't just a, oh yeah, okay, you can jump back out. You know, we we went through a whole process with him and really pushing him until he finally said, well, this is why. And we went, okay, now that's a good reason to not go back. And uh, he just looked at us and just said, I won't know my family. Wow. Mm-hmm. Well, that's impressive. I, I can't wrap my head around yet thinking <laughs> that I would let him have that decision. Yeah, I don't it was know. hard. It but was he's hard. only in sixth grade, so I have time to contemplate how I would Absolutely. work that out. Yes. That out. So um, I'm wondering if you can tell me, with everything that you have going on, mm-hmm. how do you find balance? Oh, that's a great question and one I'm, I'm asked a lot. So I'll I'll say when I was in the midst, that's probably the best and most helpful to a lot of listeners. Uh, when I was in the midst, it's it's so important, I think, even as moms, right, to really take some time for yourself. And we hear that all the time, but what does that really look like? And and I know when people would say that to me, I'd be like, <laughs> Yeah, right. Okay, explain to me when and how I'm gonna find that. And here here's what I learned through the years and what I counsel a lot of families and moms on is that you can find those times throughout your day that this doesn't have to be a all or nothing or I have to go away for a whole weekend. And this is what I would encourage to find balance is that find ways throughout your day and throughout your week that you can get a 15 to 20 minute uh, uh, break, mm-hmm. right? Where I would, I literally, when my kids were younger, would give myself a timeout. I told my kids, okay, guys, here we go. Mommy needs a timeout. I'm going to go in my bedroom. And I don't want you to come and bother me. You're not allowed to come in there unless there's blood or like, you know, fire. broken bones yeah. or fire <laughs> or, right? And and nobody's touch, gonna, going to come. And there are times where I would just literally lay there with my eyes closed and there were times, uh, you know, I would read my Bible. There were times where I would cry. There were times where I would literally release and just kind of cry. And sometimes I didn't even know I was crying, but it was cathartic, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't realize you actually release endorphins like, you know, that way when you cry and when you laugh. Um, but the point is, is to find those ways and those moments, right, throughout your day, number one. Number two, have when you go back to your family values, I'm coming back to that again. Because one of the things for us, we we had some priorities in our house too. And our kids knew that, like when there were conflicts. One way to find some of that balance as well is to make sure that your children have downtime. And that is so important. And when you start realizing that your children need downtime and your children need those outlets, you're going to start recognizing, and as parents, I think we naturally do that because we all know they're going to do what we do, not what we say. That is life. That's who we are. But if you start really encouraging and finding ways 
that your children can have some downtime, that your children can find ways. This goes to something you mentioned earlier about resilience and and coping mechanisms is one of my, what I call seven C's for developing resilience. And helping them to understand that that is part of when you say balance, right? I don't think we're ever completely balanced and even, like we use that word. I think we're always out of balance in that respect, but that's okay because there are times where you're going to have to be more invested in like your sports because it's the season, or you're going to have to be more invested in your business, right? So when I talk about balance, if you'll notice, I think it's more important to recognize and understand that you need to give yourself and your children uh, the coping mechanisms, the skill set to recognize when you need some time, when you need a break, when you need, and I think that brings back equilibrium to us and to who we are. Does that make sense? It makes sense. And I cannot tell you how much I love what you just said. Um, I agree about finding your own, you. your own balance with your time and your children. And there are many times my son can tell you that I say to him, Elijah, right now, mommy needs you not to need her unless you're yes. hurt, <laughs> there's a fire, there's someone at the door. Right. Just right. please, for five minutes, leave me just for five minutes. Yep. And I'll come back yep. and I'll be with you or I need to finish yes. this. But um, what I really like is how you said that you're out of balance and we have to maybe learn to accept that you know, in your season, your balance will be will look different. Absolutely. Because I don't think about that. I, I don't think about the fact, and I should, because it'll make me put less stress on myself. Yes. But having, you know, being a homeschool mom, taking care of my my home, yes. doing all the cooking and the shopping and the cleaning, yes. and, and my husband's working six days a week. I work six days a week between photography and the podcast and taking care of my son and everything else. I'm also yeah. the, um, I'm the admin for my husband's carpentry business. So I I feel like I'm always pulled in so many directions. Yes. And I will feel guilty if I'm putting too much time into one thing. Yeah. And I think you've given me permission just now to yes, feel like, you I'm know, so glad. it's okay to put more time into that right now. It and is. It's okay to take time for that and this. So I'm going to borrow that. That's my yes, that's my good. takeaway. Excellent. My highest my be- my my biggest one takeaway. One of your biggest takeaways today. Good. I'm glad to hear that. I'm going to give myself that that break that of permission. knowing. Yeah, it doesn't have to be balanced in that sense. It's good to yeah. work towards balance. And I, I'll still ask people that, how do you find balance? I'm sure I'll still ask that question, but I'll probably now also follow up with what you said. <laughs> good, about good. how it's okay to be a little out of balance. It is. And and I think rephrasing that's important, right? Because we have this picture that everything always has to be even, like it's a scale, right? But it's not. You can be very, very happy, right? Where right now is a season that you're putting more time into a business. Um, and I think that you can uh, work together as a family, right, to understand that. And then everybody's more, uh, has more equilibrium about it and more and is okay with it, right, based on your family values too. Just go back to that. For sure. Yeah. And I think that's actually a great point for public school parents who yes. are feeling um, they're putting their their career on hold while they're having to deal with this school situation with their kids right now. And they can exactly. maybe take some stress off themselves to say, well, for right now, this is what's important, and it's okay. And it's okay. And I can get back to other things later. Yes, yes. Isn't that true? We we need to hear that more as moms, I think, especially because there are a lot more things that we end up taking on 
um, as a role often. And and I don't want to discount dads as well, because I know there are many dads out there too. There may be single dads out there. Um, but that phrase, it's okay. And and I love that you just told me I gave you permission because I say that all the time. I give you permission. It is okay because we need to hear that sometimes. Yeah, we need to give ourselves a break. Yes. I think yes. I'm sure... I don't know about your circles, but I know in my circle, I have this this group of um, five of us close homeschooling mom friends, and our kids are all best friends. And, you know, we can give each other the best advice, but do we really take it to, you know, we really take it ourselves, exactly, right? We'll right. tell each other how to right. give yourself a break. It's okay. It's, you know, right. it's going to be okay. But then we hold ourselves to these high standards, and we have to be able to, to, uh, Take that breath. Take our own advice, yeah, right? Absolutely. 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 Yeah. And we, we mentioned earlier about resilience. Mm-hmm. So that's important to you? It is. It's very important. Uh, as a matter of fact, I just did a, a webinar on it because I found that uh, a lot of the the calls I was I was getting were were recently our, our families asking me, how do I build a strong work ethic and how do I build resilience in my children? And that topic is is huge for me. As a matter of fact, that's a, a a free document. I just put it together with with all of my fifteen. I have fifteen ways of very clear, just direct strategies to build resilience and a strong work ethic in our children. And um, I base that on all of the different strategies I provide come from my my seven. Uh, C's is what I call it. My seven C's for building resilience and a strong work ethic, and they are character, compassion competence, confidence, connection, control, and coping skills. And so all of those things are so important, right, to develop and to build. We all need to know that we can control our environment. For example, we all, we want to build that compassion, right? We want to provide connection. And I provide like 15 different strategies. Um, So yeah, if you just go to our website again um, at aspireeducation.us, you should see probably get a pop up or something. However, they they organized it where you can just get a free PDF of those fifteen strategies that I really encourage you to take to heart for yourself as well. And actually, some of the hardest ones on there are us taking stock of our own actions. Like per, for instance, in my house, perfectionism was always something we're battling, right? And uh, they come by it honestly. And half the time, it's more me saying, "Ooh, how am I handling?" you know, my disappointment or what I consider <clears throat> my failure and how do I handle that, right? How They're watching me and how I'm handling that. And, ooh, I did not handle that well. Well, then what do you do? I go to my children and I say, you know what? Mommy didn't handle that very well. You know, this is probably what I should have done, right? And that in and of itself builds and teaches your children how to be resilient and just watching you. And yeah. it's it's just vital. It underscores everything, right, these days. And no matter how you're going to educate, and I'd love to throw this out there, and I, I say this a lot if you've if any of you have listened to me or my my um my web my web webinars, excuse me, I'm speaking a mile a minute here. But you look at education, we look at education as, you know, we need to educate our children where school or public school or private school is just a construct. That's just a way to learn. Right. Homeschooling is just a way to learn. It's mm-hmm. just where our children and how our children are gaining knowledge and learning. Right. And if you think about it, we live in the information age, for goodness sakes. I mean, they can get information and knowledge 
out there. So what is the most important thing? It's things like this, building work ethic and resilience and character and teaching our children how to think, teaching our children how they learn best, Mm -hmm. teaching our children how to find information and why that information is important. That is the underlying thing. And I think what is the most valuable thing that we can be teaching our children and what, to me, is exactly what critical thinking is. Preach on, Mama D, <laughs> because I agree with you. I do. And I think, you know, just, just as important for someone to know something, it's more important to know how to get the answer if you don't have it. Exactly. And when there's things that, yeah, I, everything you're saying I love. I do. And I know I'm not the only one. Well, I'm thank sure you. <laughs> everyone listening is going to have takeaways for sure. So um, being a photographer, we have a yeah. term called burst mode. And burst mode might be a a rapid session of photos. So I'm going to ask you a bunch of questions here. Not a bunch. I'll take it easy. Okay. And that's how we'll wrap up today. Okay. So um, best advice you ever took. Don't Mm. overthink it. I should have prepared you. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Best advice I ever took. Um, Apologize to your kids. Who inspires you? Um, The all the families and the teens and my my children that I work with. Yeah. All right. And uh, name a book you've recently read. Uh, John Maxwell's new book, Change Your World. What's your guilty pleasure? Oh, my guilty pleasure. I know chocolate is one of them. It is. It is. It is. (laughs) Besides Um, chocolate um, and green tea. Besides chocolate (laughs) and and green tea. tea. Exactly. Um, Guilty pleasure. Um, Oh, my gosh. Movies. Love watching movies. Your favorite ways to unwind? Is it watching movies? (laughs) Uh, Kayaking. No. It's actually games. Games. Playing games with my family. uh, Kayaking. Hiking. Being outside. Yeah, the beach, the ocean. Very nice. What are you having for dinner tonight? Oh, what am I having for dinner tonight? That's a good question. Oh, tonight? Uh, no, that's tomorrow. We're taking my son out to dinner. I don't even know what I'm having for dinner tonight. See that? I have no clue. Yeah, I mean, None for the yet. record, my go-to when I don't know is salad. We have salad okay. as the main course like four times a week. Okay, there In you general, go. trying to eat very yeah. healthy. Yeah. But on any day that I don't know, yeah. it's like, nope, I always have organic salad makings at home we do too we always do i have no clue maybe chocolate chip cookies i just made those okay (laughs) and the last one the f word now don't be shocked because the f word can be positive it can and i want to know if you can think of a positive f word fun friendly what do you like oh fantastic yeah fabulous and what's your fabulous what is my fabulous? fabulous what is my fabulous immediately my first thought was a fabulous day would be to get up, um, have breakfast, like brunch with my family, uh, play some games, go play frisbee golf, hang out, go kayak, like a fabulous day. I mean, I guess that's where my fabulous co- goes in and family and friends. Well, that does sound like a fabulous day. I would I would take that as well. And awesome. my, son, my son loves to kayak, so someday we'll have to Awesome. To I would join. love that. That would be yeah. great. Well, Leslie, it has been wonderful to have you on here. I think um, you've offered a lot of information for no matter how you educate your children, yeah, just keeping your children first and and knowing Trusting that, yourself. yeah, whatever whatever journey it takes you on, as long as you're you're working towards that that great end result. Absolutely, it's okay. been a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. You're very welcome. And again, your website one more time. Yeah, AspireEducation.us. Great, and we uh, thank you again for being here. Yeah, thanks again. Have a great day. You too. Thanks. Okay, that's a wrap. Thank you so much for joining us today.
And if you're enjoying these podcasts, please consider supporting us on Patreon. And if you're a business owner, we would love to have you sponsor an episode. Details can be found on graywolfrecords.com and jenniferfallett.com.